It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic holiday. It is the Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. We're joined by Jeff Fiegels today on Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by the New York Lottery. Mr. Fiegels, good hey. afternoon. How are you, sir? Very good. Very good. Uh, just coming off of uh, eating a lot of food yesterday. And, you know, I'm one of those people I don't go out on Black Friday. No, Forget about that. No. Well, well, and, of course, not this year. I can only imagine yeah, exactly. what, the, what that My Black like. Friday will be spent with you, Mr. Schmelk, for one hour on BBK. How about that? Yes, and we are going to spend time with the fans, obviously. And as mm-hmm. I mentioned, it's presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. Maybe that'll be a nice Black Friday gift for people to pick up there. And, Jeff, uh, a few notes here before we get to our hardcore preview of the Cincinnati Bengals. First, a podcast note. I'm sure people saw over the last few Internet. days <laughs> that the NFL has released more stringent protocols in regards to the amount of people and the types of people in terms of departments that are allowed to be in these NFL buildings, obviously with COVID cases around the country just skyrocketing. We've had some more cases in NFL buildings. You know, We've seen the Ravens game get postponed yesterday. Uh, at least a few days. We'll see if it's more. Lamar Jackson reportedly testing positive. So they're trying to reduce exposure to the players and coaches as much as possible. So uh, we're basically going to have two people from our department in the building, and that's kind of it. So Big Blue Kickoff Live is going back to the Schmelk basement. So <laughs> that that is where we're going to be uh, for the remainder of this regular season, and I'm sure for the first at least couple months of the postseason of, of the offseason, too, I would guess. I don't know how that's going to work. But at least for the end of December until that final game against Dallas, uh, we'll be back in my basement. So we're going to go back to that 973 number. We're only going to have one line to call in. But otherwise, the show should function as normal, more or less. But Still those will be some changes um, that we're going to go through, Jeff. But like we talked about in the offseason, you got to be flexible. You yep. survive in advance and you move on from there. Listen, I, I think that, you know, commend you, uh, John. I mean, you're you're the one that's been moving around the most. Um, you know, as other guys, we just I've been sitting here in my home office for since the time that we've started all this stuff. So it hasn't been tough for me. It's been more tough for you guys moving back and forth. So you'll get through it. You know, at least you got a, you got one. You've already done it before, so yep. you got all the kinks out of there. No, and 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 I did not tear down my setup. I still have my. I just got to bring a unit back, a speaker, a couple of cables, and it should set up rather quickly. So, <laughs> just a heads up, folks. That will change next week. Not a big deal. It'll be a new number. Otherwise, everything else will stay the same. All right, couple interesting things from Joe Judge's press conference today, Mister Fiegels. Mm-hmm. He's pointed out that Xavier McKinney's had a very good week of practice, and it sounds like there's yeah, a decent like chance he might be activated. Now, I would not expect him to be inserted immediately into the starting lineup, mostly because Jabril Peppers and Logan Ryan, I think, have been very good as the two starting safeties. Um, By the way, I had a great conversation with Logan Ryan on the Giants Huddle podcast. Make sure you guys go check that out. I thought uh, it was a really good talk to him about the defense and everything he's gone through this year as well. But I think he's just going to step in and maybe not all of them right away because obviously he hasn't played in, in a while. But he'll start taking those third safety snaps from Julian Love, and as he continues to get healthy and, and gets on the field more, that role will continue to expand. 
Yeah, I, I would I would probably venture to say you're going to see him playing special teams this weekend, just yep. like all the rookies do. So get him. Remember, they always talk about, hey, you got to get caught up to the speed of the game. Well, that's where you start. And then, you know, you talk about these other guys like Crowder, all these guys that have to have have earned their way onto the field. He's just not going to come in and get put in there. So those other two guys have a pretty good thing going on right now because that defense for the Giants is playing well. So, yeah, they'll just kind of acclimate him through it and um, get him some experience. I mean, we'll see how it goes the rest of the season. But it's good that he's back. We're, we're anticipating he's back, John. But it's good to see him back and, and really get out there and get some experience going into next season. Joe Judge also saying he does plan, Jeff, on rotating those guards this week. Zeitler looks like he's back from that concussion without a problem. So it'll be Will Hernandez, Shane Lemieux, and, Shane Lemieux and Kevin Zeitler with a little three-man rotation okay. at guard. Yeah. I assume, based on what happened last week after Zeitler got hurt, that Lemieux will be the player moving over to right guard with Hernandez primarily being at left guard when Zeitler might not be in the game. Yeah, I I don't know, but but can. Well, neither do I happened. for sure, but that's my yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it could be. Who knows? But we, we do know that, that he said that the rotation will be there, so we know it will be those three guys. So, And, you know, and I, I think this is very unconventional. Not a lot of teams, if any, do this. But what Joe Judge is doing is he's getting these guys opportunities to play, and they're playing well. And, you know, we always mention that continuity thing with the offensive linemen. I was thinking about this the other day. They're getting the continuity not only on the field during games, but they're getting it at practice. This isn't just something they just do in the games. They're doing it out of practice, so they're used to playing next to each other and moving around. So um, if it works and it's not broke, then don't fix it. Yeah, no question about it. One other interesting offensive line point. Doesn't sound like Matt Parrott's going to be back this week and ready to go. Graham Gano, he seemed optimistic about, by the way, oh, which John, would be really real good quickly, from a, you know, we forgot to mention, too, to interrupt you, but, you know, sticking on the offensive line, yep. you know, they got a, they got another week of practice with uh, Gooch. So, you know, that's something new this week. We haven't talked a lot about it. I don't know what you guys have talked about it on the other shows, but – you know, that's something to keep your eye out for, too, is just understanding where the new coach is coming in and seeing if this is going to change any type of schematic things that they're doing in the run game. Um, and that's just something to look forward to. Yeah, no question about it, man. I'm and Gano, I mean, hey, he's been, I saw a thing on Twitter kicking uh, extra points and field goals in the kicking net and wherever he's living. And so good for him. I'm not worried about him. That guy's the automatic. He could, you know, he's a veteran. He can come back when he's ready to go. Uh, reading reports today that he's in the facility, so that's a good thing. Yeah, and look, it sounds well. I've did, I did, I have been did not happen to see those reports, but if if, if that's the case, that's good news. I knew it was going to mm-hmm. be down to the wire this week, in terms of uh, him getting back. But again, Joe Judge sounded optimistic, so that's a good sign. Uh, offensive line wise, Matt Parrott, if he if he's not going to be available, doesn't sound like it based on what Joe Judge said today. Mm-hmm. They'll have to figure out who that swing tackle is going to be. I wonder how much of a consideration, Jeff, it would be to, to slide Gates out the tackle and then slide Pulley in, in, in its center. Otherwise, they're going to have to look at, you know, guys like Barton Jackson and, and you know, guys like that to, to slide in their tackle if they do need a third guy at that position. Yeah, I would think it would be Barton, in my opinion. So um, Slade is another guy that's been practicing yep. at that position. Um, Barton has a little bit more experience, I believe, right? I mean, they're both young guys, but... Um, yeah, so we'll see. We're talking about the third guy now. So we're talking, <laughs> you know, but you never know. You never know what can happen. No, you don't. It'll be interesting. All right, Jeff, uh, let's switch gears now. Let's focus on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that covers most of the important stuff 
from Joe Judge's press conference today. Uh, a couple you know what, important... John, um, Brooke, what sure. about Zimenez? Did he mention anything about O'Shane Zimenez? Um, I did not hear anything at the press conference today Interesting. about Zimenez. Okay. So, I mean, I, uh, but he, again, be... he was practicing today, so I, okay. I'd imagine there's, there's a shot. And we'll yeah. know. They'll have the injury report out at the end of the day. Sure. And that'll give us a better idea, and then they'll have to activate these guys uh, at some point, too. Because they've been activated to practice, remember. They have not been activated... Uh, to return to the active roster. so And a little bit, I know you know more about this than I do, but a little bit of yesterday um, with Washington beating Dallas, I think that's who we, the Giants fans wanted to win the game yesterday because of the tiebreakers we, the, the Giants would have with Washington, right? So um, Washington is now in first place for about a day. And by the way, <laughs> not for nothing, I think Washington and New York are the two best teams in the division right now. The way I, it looks, yeah. I had one cocky giant fan, and I didn't reply to him because I don't want to get into it on on in, in, on public internet. But he goes, "Boy, if the Giants played either one of these teams just today, they would have thrashed them. It wouldn't have been close." And I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Dude, two weeks ago you beat the Washington by three, and they turned the ball over five times." All right? That's right. Yeah. Take a breath that? and yeah. relax. Now I'm with you that. You have to root for Washington because the Giants have the tiebreaker against them, which is why you want them to win that game. And I was looking at it. Do I still have it up here? I'm not sure if I do. Uh, but I will bring it up here. You know, you look at the Washington schedule uh, the rest of the way, and um, it's still a little bit easier than the Giants, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. But yeah. the good thing is that, to your point, the Giants have the tiebreaker. So they finish tied – the Giants, you know, take the division if it's a one-on-one -on -one tiebreak situation. So Washington, the rest of the way, Jeff, they play at Pittsburgh next week, which is obviously an extremely difficult game. Yeah. But after that, at San Francisco, okay, home okay. versus Seattle, tough game. Home versus Carolina, not an easy game but winnable. And then at Philadelphia, not easy but winnable. So they have, I would say, a schedule that's, uh, that's similar to the Giants. The Giants probably have one more tougher game remaining than they do because they have Arizona, Seattle, and Baltimore, which I would probably consider the you know along with Pittsburgh, the uh, the four best teams on their overall schedules combined. So that's how I kind of look at that in terms of what those teams have remaining. Who does Washington play their last game of the season? Philadelphia at Philly. Okay, so Philly and okay, so those four four division games there or two division games, yep. four opponents. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I think that can the can the Reds? Can I almost said it? The, the Washington team? Can they get two out of two wins out of those four games you mentioned? I think so. I mean, it, they, it, I think that's the most that they could get. I don't, I don't. I mean, you don't think they can realistically beat San Francisco, Carolina, and Philadelphia? Why not? No, I don't. I don't think they can. I mean, they they. I think they. I mean, I, yeah, they can. I just don't think they will. Now, I, I don't think they're beating Seattle or Pittsburgh now. No. But San Francisco has struggled this year. They're the you know most banged up team in the league from an injury yeah. perspective. You know, Carolina is better, but I think they. I, I think they can win that game. And and the way Philly's playing, anyone could be Philly. So. I guess where I'm going with was the question that we kind of talked about a few weeks ago, or even last week, was what it's going to take to win this division six seven. So I mean, you know, you look at. Look at Washington now. They're sitting at four and seven. They win two of those that I that I'm saying they could do two. That's six wins. You're saying maybe three. That's seven. Well, I think that I think that's what's going to decide the division. So right? I think the the number <laughs> is seven. I think seven. Somebody gets to seven, they're in. I agree. But, so that's what we got to look at. And if then, the Giants get to seven, Jeff, they're going to win this division. I say no that question. with great confidence. Yeah. 
and to think that, you know, there has been teams before in seven and nine go to the playoffs. So it's not unrealistic. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen this year. It's going to be. I think it's. I think it's hilarious that we're we're breaking down the playoff stuff with the records that we're looking at. But it's it's real, right? Now, it is. Now, Jeff, it wouldn't surprise me either that if, if we're sitting here, they get a home uh, game know, in Week Seventeen, and the Giants and Washington both finish six and ten, and the Giants win the tiebreaker and head to the playoffs. That wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, that is very much on the table here in terms Absolutely. Of, of, of how these teams schedule. Absolutely. Are now, and who would that their matchup be in that first round? Obviously, a very difficult team um, to play, but they're going to have it at a home. So the Giants would get a home game because they would win the division. So, Correct. That's and a they, they'd probably get, you know, one of Los Angeles, Arizona. Or whomever that third team is, I guess it would probably be Tampa, assuming Tampa does not win the NFC All South. All games that they would have played in the season, regular season that's against. Inter- that's interesting, right? Yeah. And how did they play against Tampa? How did they play against L.A.? Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. So, the only one there is we don't, haven't played Arizona yet. They're but going to. They will, to. though. Yep. So, we'll see there. Um, yeah. Interesting. Which brings us to the next game. On the, on the schedule. Oh, Jeff, the and by the way, before we get to the Bengals, very quickly, I might as well bring this up since you brought up the other topic very quickly. Sure. Uh, the Giants did something a little bit different in practice this week. So mm-hmm. Joe Judge likes to recognize each week the uh, top scout team, scout team players each week in terms of how they perform in practice. And as a reward, I think he's going to do this going forward. He allows those scout team players to select uh, jerseys of giant all-time greats to wear during practice. <laughs> so this past week or I guess it was Wednesday, uh, Carter Coughlin selected Lawrence Taylor, number 56. Colt Easy. McCoy selected Frank Gifford, number 16. Nice. Chad Slade, Christie, number 76. Okay. David Moa, George Martin, number 75. And then cornerback Jaron Williams selected Mel Hine, number 7. So you can go to thegiants.com. They have some pictures there of the guys wearing the jerseys on the practice field. They're a little bit of a different color, so they kind of set apart from everybody else. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a good idea. It was something he came up with Kevin Abrams, apparently. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot because, you know, the Giants are a big family. Um, and, you know, the younger guys don't really know a lot about the history of the Giants. And I think this is a great way to bring out some of the names so that these guys understand. And not only the guys picking the numbers and who the people are, the guys around them are asking questions. Who the heck was George Martin? And then people are going to tell them, you know, who, obviously I think they, a lot of them know who Frank Gifford is. But you know what? I, I'm probably wrong. Probably a lot of them don't, John. They're also young. Well, that's you what know? Joe Judge said today that he says, look, this is his quote. The last thing we want to happen is that when we open up more and these guys run into somebody that's in, rid of, in the ring of honor and they don't know who these guys are. He goes, that, that's not going to happen to this group. That's great. That's great. I like it, too. A great idea. Really good idea. I like it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's cool. All right, Jeff, uh, we do have open lines, by the way. I know the show apparently was a little bit late getting up on the, on the website and the app, a little miscommunication about whether there was a show today. Uh, no worries, it's up there now. Uh, of course, if you missed any of the first part of the show, you can head over uh, to the Giants mobile app, the podcast platforms, and Giants.com slash podcast to check out the full archive. We're going to find all the episodes of all our podcasts on our podcast network, which is presented by Investors Bank. Big Blue Kickoff Live, though, of course, don't forget, is, is presented by the New York Lottery. So, Jeff, here we go. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, and this is a banged-up team. They're missing their starting quarterback, obviously. They're missing their starting running back in Joe Mixon. Uh, it looks like they're going to be healthy in the offensive line, though they had a couple. Though uh, Bobby Hart did not play all the snaps in their last game, though I think he's going to play this week. So 
Let's talk about their offensive line, Jeff, and, and, and this offense in general. They made the call, despite the fact that Ryan Finley stepped in for Joe Burrow last Sunday, that Brandon Allen, who got called up from the practice squad, who was with Zach Taylor in L.A. Mm-hmm. when he was the quarterback's coach there years. in 2018, yeah. uh, he is going to be the starting quarterback this week. And frankly, you know, I spent two hours of my Monday watching Ryan Finley tape. That was, that was time well spent. So... <laughs> Uh, I did watch about a game of Brandon Allen over the past couple of days, and I understand why they did it. Uh, to me, Finley is kind of doesn't have the best arm, and, and you saw some poor play in that last game. Then I watched Brandon Allen last year with Denver. He started three games or played in three games, and he's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. He'll put it in the small areas. He's an aggressive quarterback, and with a wide receiver core that's as good as Cincinnati's, they probably think their best chance is to get it to those guys, make some big plays down the field, and I understand why they think Brandon Allen's better equipped to do that. And the other thing, too, is that uh, they don't know if Gio uh, Bernard is going to play with a concussion. Um, so where is their running game? You know, they don't have much of a running game if he's out. Oh, I could tell you what this is going to be. <laughs> this is going to be a throw. Listen. This is I, the Samaj uh, Pirine revenge game. Paul Bettino <laughs> was on this program for a year raving yeah. about Samaj P. Ryan. So you know what's uh-huh. going to happen now? Samaj yeah. P. Ryan's going to walk into that stadium on Sunday, and he is going to stick it right to Paul DeTito. You can <laughs> see it coming. Um, can't you see it coming a mile away where he's going to have, like, the best game of his career just because of DeTino? Like, you know what's happening, right? <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> but if he gets enough, if he gets any t- opportunities, he'll get a few. Well, he might get but, plenty. If Gio Bernard can't go, he might be their starter. Well, my point is, is that I, when you watched the game last week, Okay, against Washington, I literally thought that I was watching a cut-up film of of passing plays. (laughs) I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, this year, Jeff, and I'll give you the number, play selection-wise, only two teams pass the ball on a higher percentage of their plays than the Bengals do. They only run it, Jeff, 36% of the time. Yeah. Who's the other one? Who who would be the other uh, number one team? Is it? Is, is it is you, it? you always like to ask me these stats. That I don't have. No, but you know no, what I'm guessing. I'm guessing it. that I'm I'm guessing that it's um that it's Kansas City. Uh, yeah, I could see Kansas City. I could see Kansas City. Um, yeah, I think I don't know who the other team would be. I'd have to think about that. But the point is, is that they are going to throw the football because of exactly what you just said. What's their best way to try to win this game? Is to get the ball in those playmakers' hands. And right now, right now, and they're good. Uh, Samaj the Pirine is not your playmaker. AJ Green is okay. Um, T Higgins, absolutely right. So those are your guys. You're going to try to. And Tyler Boyd is their number one receiver. Well, Jeff, he's got the most receptions. Here's the funny thing: like everyone talks about AJ Green, he's their third option right now on offense. That's I mean, exactly it's crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that you know there is their game plan. And when you talk about the offensive line, um, if they are getting healthier, that'll help them a little bit. But it all kind of, when you look at kind of the tail of the tape here, it makes sense why Brandon Allen is your quarterback. It, he's familiar with the system. Okay, they throw the ball a lot in L.A. And that, you know what, that could be the other team that leads it. It could be L.A. Um, it, it's a lot like L.A. Brandon Allen is familiar with the system, and they feel more confident about him dropping back and putting the ball in the air to those guys that we mentioned than handing the ball off to uh, Samaj Pirine. I mean, really, that's not going to happen. He might get a couple, but they're throwing the football. So they're throwing the football. The Giants are running the football. That's the way the game's going to go. Yeah, they are, Jeff. And to me, 
that to me is the key to this game. Can they prevent big plays from those Bengals receivers? And I think another big thing, and we've talked about the turnover ratio here a million times. I'm not going to you know, go down that path again. But this is a game where I would imagine, you know, based on the, the pass-run ratio numbers we just talked about, this secondary is probably going to have a chance to make a couple plays on the ball in this sure. game. Yeah, You know, the ball, I'm not going to say he's throwing it up for grabs, but he's going to throw the ball down the field, and guys like Logan Ryan and Jibble Peppers and Julian Love and Xavier McKinney, if he goes, and Bradbury and, and Yadam and all those guys, Darnay Holmes, they're going to have an opportunity to turn the, turn the Bengals over a little bit here. And that, to me, could be the difference in this game. I know Dettino was on a couple of days ago. He's like, oh, I don't want to win this game close. I want to win this game in decisive fashion. Well, first of all, just win the game. Mm-hmm. But... To me, if you're going to win this game in decisive fashion, you do it by taking the ball away. Much Look, for example, that game on Thanksgiving, Dallas-Washington, right? That was actually a pretty close game heading into the fourth quarter. It was a one-score game. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you get a couple of takeaways, and bing, bam, boom, Washington's got 41 points, game over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how about the turno- turn- turnovers in the first game, the Detroit game? <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I know you were saying you didn't get a chance to watch it completely, but I was watching it. It was like every in the first quarter, there was like, or first half, there might have been five turnovers, you know? But I think that with this game coming up, you got to think about this, is that this Cincinnati team, um, they get sacked a lot. Their offensive line isn't great. Nope. Okay, The Giants can get after the passer. Um, like they're going to make some plays at the, at the, in the passing game. I believe that. Um, on the flip side of it, this team does not get after the quarterback that much. They don't, I only think they only have 13 sacks on the season. So, you know, Daniel Jones should feel comfortable throwing the ball if he has to, but get into some manageable third downs and have him throw third and threes, third and fours by running the football, and I think that's the game plan they're going to do. Time of possession, get the ball, you know, in the Giants' offensive hands, let them control the clock, and don't turn the ball over on the road, and you will sit there in a three-game winning streak. Jack, you want to take some calls? Yeah, let's go. Well, don't throw that word easy around. No, don't, I know don't throw that word easy around. I can don't, throw it don't, around because don't, don't we, be we, we can talk now, about okay? it. We're not, I mean, <laughs> you're never going to say it as a player. Oh, it's an easy game. <laughs> but this is one game I, you do have to throw a little caution to the wind. You want to see how this team comes off of a bye, mm-hmm. first time with Joe Judge. Second of all is it, will this team stay focused? And by the way, Jeff, off a of bye in a week, we're there in the more stringent protocols here. So they haven't met in person for meetings all week. Yeah. But everything's been virtual, too. So that's also been different. What a crazy year. But I, I think that, you know, this team has to stay focused. They have to keep their eye on the prize one game at a time and understand the ramifications if you go and lay an egg on the road here this weekend. Okay, you ruin everything you've built up to this point. Because right now you're you've got a little bit of life, right? I mean you're talking about, we're we're actually talking about winning the division. We're actually talking about maybe a playoff home game. But don't go and get overconfident and underestimate your opponent. This is the National Football League, okay? People don't know a lot about Brandon Allen. They could come with a completely different game plan. You know, you got to be careful, but go up there and take care of business. I'm with you. Look, if you want to win the division, Jeff, this is a game you got to win. You have to win. And, and I, I, we hate to put those kinds of a must-win game, but with Washington winning yesterday, this is pretty close to a must-win game to keep, keep things going. Let me put it this way. If you lose this game, Jeff, you better figure out a way to beat Seattle, Arizona, or Baltimore. So wouldn't you rather win this game and be okay, yeah, maybe yeah. try to beat those other guys? And But if you have to beat those other ones, uh, i tell you. I'm with you. I'm with I, you. I, I think the Giants can compete with Seattle. 
because of their defense well, in Seattle. And, well, yeah, Seattle can't defend. But anybody. I do not. I don't know, man. That Cardinals team is phenomenal. Now they're they good are team. just really fun to watch. So we'll see. We're getting ahead of ourselves, John. A little bit. Go to the phone. <laughs> the New York Giants at Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. All right, let's go to the phones and say what's up to Dave in Cranford. He'll lead us off today. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, John and Jeff, man. Happy holidays. Great to talk to both of you. You too. Uh, great time of year, man, guys. It's, it's, it's crazy. There's so much, so much to say. One quick thing that you guys were just talking about. I think that... Um, they're going to play a lot of, uh, apparently, play a lot more man coverage, one high safety, one man coverage. And the one thing that could happen. Why do you say that? that type, uh, just, just because if you look at their all 22, that's their, that's their kind of core defensive secondary. Oh, 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 oh no, wait, Dev, I'm sorry. Do you mean the Giants or the Bengals? I'm sorry, the Bengals. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely, yes, yes. They, 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 have, uh, they have the fifth highest uh, cover one rate of any team in the league, 100% right. Okay. Okay. And thanks, John. I, I, man, I hate making mistakes with you because I know you're going to call no, me. No, 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 so no, anyway. no, 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 no problem, Dave. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm busting you, John. Um, so no, the the idea is that in that scenario, I would expect not only just some runs by Daniel Jones on a keeper, but you could see him when plays break down, take off a little bit more, and be a little bit more successful on some of those unscripted runs just because it's a lot easier to run against a, uh, a man coverage than it is a zone coverage team. So I could see that. And I, and I think the only thing that can really level, because I, I do think they go into this game, you know, um, I do think there's an expectation that they're going to win. I think it's a legitimate one. Well, Dave, um, six-point favorites. When's the last time the Giants were six-point favorites in the game? I mean, it's I, crazy. I, I 16, I think it was. It's, yeah, or it's maybe ridiculous. 12, one of those. Yeah, I read it. It's, it's unbelievable. I expect them to be prepared. I expect them to play hard. The one thing that can overcome both of those two things are turnovers. And, yep. and so that's the, the piece that can level the field real fast. And, and, I, and I know you guys both know that, but that, that, that would be more my concern going into the game is that we don't um, you know, fall into some old habits uh, that way. Um, the the other the other comment, John, you, Jeff, both of you said this. It's not who you play on your schedule, but it's when you play them. And I think you're starting to see down the stretch here a lot of that starting to come into play. I'll tell you, watching Washington last night, it was a close game until the most bonehead fake punt I've ever seen. And, Can and, you believe and, that and, play? And, and, you know, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Doing? It's crazy. I mean, you, 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 you can't do it. Not not. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't fourth and three either, by the way. It was, no. it was like you know, they, you know, it was fourth and ten. But anyway, yep. but I, I, um, but you know, I look at Washington right now, and I'm like, you know what? Those two wins against Washington are starting to look a lot better, like because Washington is starting to play a lot better. And in your little analysis, the one thing I would say is, it seems to me, do you guys agree? I think the Giants got to get to seven wins, but I th- and I think that puts the burden on Washington to get to eight, right? And I just don't think. Washington can get to eight. I think they could get to seven. I don't think Washington can get to to, to eight. And, no, I agree I think, with you. you know, no, no, Dave, that's why we've said if the Giants get to seven, I think they win the division. It's that simple. Yep, I I agree, and I and I like that a lot. The last thing is on Judge. I'll tell you this thing, and I'm not, and I'm really not trying to throw you know any any uh, negative thoughts towards Colombo at all. I, I really am not. I, I it's much more to me about Judge. And him saying, hey, if this wasn't working out, you got to remember, 
when Judge was up in New England, one of his early interviews, John, you may have been the one that actually was talking about it, and he was talking back through his experience. He spent, I think, the better part of a year just assisting Skarnecchia on the offensive line and, and being in those meetings and sitting with him, who is, as you both know, you know, the preeminent offensive line coach, you know, maybe in the history of the league, but definitely in the league in the last 20 years. And so Judge is a, is a coach that, you know, he knows that position and he knows how important it is. And, you know, he didn't want to make that change. Who wants to make that change in the middle of the season? Nobody. Nobody makes that change. You only make that change for one reason, and that is because you think it's beneficial to the team, and that's it. And I give him a lot of credit. So many times we as fans can sit around and sit there and be like, man, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? Why didn't we do this? Judge had enough courage to go make that change. And, um, you know, and, and, I, and I, again, I know a lot of people are, how many big changes are he going to be able to implement? Well, look, if Judge has been basically assisting coaching that unit for the last couple of weeks, which most reports are suggesting he has, you know, um, then they, you know, then there's not going to be that many changes anyway because they're already starting to implement some of the same things that he wants to see as far as technique. So, leave you with that. You two are the best. I thanks so much for taking the call. All right, Dave, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate the call, man. Good call, as always. That's hey, look, and I think that'll be interesting. And Joe Judge made the point earlier in the week that, look, they're not going to change a million things here. You can't make a bunch of changes on the offensive sure. line fundamental to what you do in Week 10. So you're going to try to continue to build on what they've done well, make a couple tweaks here from a technique standpoint, and, and you know, figure it out. You're going to fine-tune it, you know? Um, and it's hard to talk about the situation, at least you and I, John, because we don't know. We don't know what happened there. We weren't in the room. We weren't at practice. We haven't – I mean, we don't under, We don't know. We're just like everyone else. Hey, look, and, the bottom line here, Jeff, is if there's a conflict between the head coach and an assistant coach, the head coach wins. That's well, that's generally how it goes, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, unless, you know, some guy's got – yeah. I mean, it, it, that's what it happens. And, and I think real quickly they, they, they move on. And you know, they, they did it the bye week. It came at a good time, and, and now um, – like I said earlier, the Giants are, are dealing with a new offensive line coach, and they've had a, a week and a half to deal with him now and, 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 put, and bring some of the things that he was brought in here for. And we will see the fruits of his labor this weekend and see how things do change, if they do at all. It, it might just be another set of eyes on an offensive line that's getting better by the week and a, and a running game that's getting better by the week. So, you know, as the Giants continue to run the football, they're going to have a chance in every single game. And we've talked about this, about how much it takes pressure off of Daniel Jones. That's the key here, right? I mean, what happens the last two weeks? He hasn't turned the ball over. Well, guess what? The running game has, has, has flourished. And so teams just cannot rely on them pinning their ears back and making you one-dimensional. And by the and way, Cincinnati, Jeff, does have nine interceptions this year. It's tied for 10th most in the league. Jesse Bates, a name not a lot of NFL fans probably know. He's mm -hmm. a second- or third-year player, a second-round pick for the Bengals, I think back in 18 at a Wake Forest. He's a really good player. He's got three interceptions this year. 13 so, pass deflections. Yeah, he's so been, you know he's around the football. He's been phenomenal. So Cincinnati will be ball hawkers back there in the secondary. So if Daniel Jones gets into a situation where oh, he feels like he's got to force it a little bit, they're playing from behind, you can run into some dangerous situations back there in the secondary, which is, to your point, get a lead, run the ball, don't make Daniel Jones feel like he has to make big plays, and good things will happen from that. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, so we will see what happens. Um, I, it's funny because I was going through the the lineups on the offense and defense for the Bengals, and I'm looking down there and I'm seeing uh, Dunlap, Dunlap, Dunlap. I'm like, and all of a sudden there's no Dunlap. I'm like, what happened to Dunlap? And I didn't realize that he got traded to yep. the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. back in October. So no wonder he's not there anymore. Yeah, there's and- a picture on uh, Big Blue. Um, on uh, Giants.com of <laughs> Daniel Jones, and there's Dunlap. There's a picture of him. Yeah, uh, they do not have the best pass rush. Uh, Geno Atkins, who missed the first four games, I think, with the shoulder injury, he's back, but he's not quite the same. He's kind of been a situational pass rusher. And their only guy that really consistently gets pressure on the quarterback at this point, Jeff, is is Carl Lawson, who mm-hmm. plays right end for them. He'll be lining up over Andrew Thomas, and, and he has some juice. You watch him on tape, he gets off the line pretty quick. He's got pretty violent hands. He's going to be a challenge for Andrew Thomas. That is really the the big, big pass rusher that they have that the Giants are going to have to be aware of. Yeah, he's got four and a half sacks. Um, it says at least on that's what they said. Um, and 14 quarterback hits. So he's around the football. He's around the passer. He's quick. And um, listen, Thomas has had his share of quick around the football pass rushers all season. So, you know, hopefully he's getting better by the week. We'll see what happens this week. Yeah, no question about it. The Giants, um, and uh, the Bengals rather, in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback, only a 22% uh, pressure rate, which is in the bottom third of the league, only a 3.2% sack rate, which is 29th in the league. So uh, they do not get a lot of consistent pressure on the quarterback. So the Giants' offensive line should theoretically be able to give Daniel Jones some room to throw the football. And their rush defense, Jeff, it frankly, is not very good. They've allowed 45 runs of 10 yards or more, which is tied for the most in the NFL. So it just hasn't been very good. So the Giants should be able to run their offense the way they want to in this game. Yeah, I think that and number one is going to be able to run the football because of the things we just talked about. And that's good. That's good because you know what? The Giants, if they can just control the clock and have some good drives and, and put some points on the board, both these teams don't score a lot of points. So I think that if you're a low-scoring football team and your defense is better than the other guys, you're going to win the game. So I, I would put my defense against the Giants' defense up against the Cincinnati defense any day of the week. And both these teams, like I said, don't score a lot of points. But the Giants, they have been able to get into the 20s consistently. I think that's all they're going to need to do into this game. They just get in the, in the low, low to mid-20s, they'll win the game. You know, Jeff, the Giants have not played a lot of heavy man-to-man teams this year. Tampa was one. Um, Dallas was one. But otherwise, most of the teams they've played this year have been very heavy zone teams. So I think this will – and traditionally, based on his first couple, you know, year and a half in the league, whatever it's been, Daniel Jones has played pretty well against man-to-man. So I think this is going to be a situation for them where if you get those wide receivers out there in one-on-one situations and man-on-man situations, you might see a big play on a post from Darius Slayton. Like I mentioned, Jesse Bates yeah. is very aggressive going after the ball. He might come down on a, on, a sh- on a medium crosser and leave that post open over the top. So there are a lot of different ways, I think, in this game. Guys like Sterling Shepard, guys like Darius Slayton can get some advantageous one-on-one matchups and maybe make some big plays down the field, which is really the one thing this Giants offense has lacked. Yeah, When they've thrown it deep, they've been successful at it. Daniel Jones has been a very efficient deep thrower this year. We talked about that on the show earlier in the week. But they have not done it in volume. And I wonder with the Bengals' struggling pass rush and a secondary that plays a lot of man-to-man and has given up some big plays this year, can the Giants make some big explosive plays down the field? They should be able to. And one thing I want to see in more of a maturation process for Daniel Jones, and that we saw it a few weeks ago, 
um, was the fact that when you can he see those other receivers when they're open in man coverage? You know, he locks in on those first receiver and maybe it takes a gander at the second one. But there's been times when he's missed wide open receivers in man coverage running down the field. OK, so let's see if he can make some of those. And that's where the big plays will come in the passing game if he goes through his progressions and see some of those guys that are open. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, there, I was it the Washington game? Yeah, Darius Slayton was open on the left side. Yep. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a couple more. But so that's just part of that's part of his, you know, growing up and, and getting to know the game a little bit better. But, you know, to be a, a top notch football player and quarterback at that position like we want him to be. He's going to have to make some of those throws down the line where he can see the other receivers. All right, Jeff, we'll go back to the phones at 201-939-4513. I do have a couple open lines, folks. If you want to get in, you can. we got about 23 minutes or so left to go in the program. want to remind everybody to go and get a Giants-branded debit card uh, and checking account from Investors Bank. It comes with a Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You're going to earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. Charlie's in Portland, Maine. Charlie, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. How are you? Hi, Charlie. I am good. Hey, Jeff. How are you guys doing? Good. 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 Hey, I just wanted to – we had a conversation last Wednesday, and I had said what you guys thought was totally outrageous. No, 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 no. We, no, no, no. Be... No, because you had no evidence to back up your claim. That was our point, and that still stands, Charlie. You made something up, and you happened to get lucky that you were right. That's no, what happened. It's not luck. It's not luck, John. See, the thing is, but I Charlie, if there's no wrong. evidence to support your uh, to support your statement, and you get it right, and you have no evidence to back it up, and it's just something you imagine out of thin air, and you happen to be right, it is luck. That's the definition no, of luck. Or guess. It was called logic. It was called logic, John. You know, like I said, no offensive lineman who's played the game wants to be rotated out. Come on. It's just common sense. Well, then play better then. That's all. All right, go ahead. What's your point, Charlie? Play better then. If you don't want to get rotated out, then play better. Make them make a decision that you do not have to be rotated in for if you can play better. Well, you know, I'll... That's all I'm saying. I, I knew that was the point because <laughs> yep. it made sense to me. It was very logical. I don't want you to strain anyway, your shoulder to... patting yourself on the back, Charlie. Be careful, okay? His arms aren't long enough. <laughs> hey, look, I, when, I, when I'm right, I'm right. That's so fair. That's no, that's, that's, you're fair. That's fair. It's fair. Go ahead. What else you got? Okay. Okay, about the Bengals game. Yes. <clears throat> Lance brought this up, and I, and I have to agree with him. The Giants, wow. you know, it doesn't do very well against backup quarterbacks. Through well, history – we haven't done too well with them, you know. But, hey, look, I, this is a game we should win. There's no doubt about it. You know, their sure. starting quarterback who is great is out. Their best running back is out. You know, they don't have a pass rush. And the only way we're going to lose this game is if Daniel Jones coughs it up, Mr. Turnover comes to life again. That's the only way we can lose this game. So hopefully that won't happen. But if it does, it wouldn't surprise me. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is the Bengals are not going to be a, a walkover. You know, Paul wants to destroy them. <laughs> you know, I'll be happy with a three-point You know, win. Charlie, it's funny. <laughs> it's actually funny you say that. I, I, I listened to a few, a few minutes of that, Charles, kind of in and out of the room while he was doing it. Pearson was uh, running the board that day. And, yeah. you know, Paul never learns his lesson. I mean, <laughs> I know the, the Giants are sitting here three and seven, and, and, and he's worrying about whether or not they destroy somebody. Just get out of there with the damn win, please. 
I don't yeah. care about I style points. No, they don't tell you how many you like, won. Like, <laughs> I was just going to say, and he's saying, like, Allen is just going to be awful, blah, blah, blah. And you know what's going to happen. It's just it's so obvious. Hey, Jeff, I, I watched the uh, Rutgers-Michigan uh, game, and I saw your son. He's wearing number 14. Why number 14? Did you ever wear 14? No, 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 no. So he was 16 to begin with, and the, there's another player that was, you know, in college you can have two numbers, right? You know, you can have two 14s oh. or two 16s. So they needed 16 for an offensive player, so they switched his number. He didn't care. Um, but, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was fun because I tell you what, I was watching that game, and, John, I don't know if you know about it, but it went into, it went into overtime. And, I, I mean, listen, I yeah. had one eye open. I'm, I was so tired. I'm like, you know, my son doesn't play right now. So <laughs> I'm trying to watch the game. And the next thing I know, I see Shiano talking to Zach. And I, and I woke, yeah. woke up Michelle, my wife, and I said, hey, Shiano was talking to Zach. And she's <laughs> like, what's he talking to Zach for? Oh, my God, is he going to go in? I'm like – Relax. I think he's going to call the coin toss. <laughs> and so this is a really – this is interesting. This is a coaching point. I want you guys to understand this about Shiano. He gives – since Zach was not playing right now because he's a backup to um, Adam, who's the senior punter, he has given one task, and he likes to do this with all the people so, if they're, so they don't have to worry about other than what they – their only, only task – the backup punter calls the overtime coin toss because that's his only task he has to worry about that day. <laughs> Can you? Because so, I asked Zach, I said, did, were you like a captain this week because maybe you did that's something funny. in practice? And he told me that story. He goes, no, Coach Chiano wants everybody to have their own task. And my task was to know what to do on that coin toss. Well, oh, so I have a question <laughs> now. So I'm assuming Chiano, does he give Zach leeway to decide heads or tails, or does he tell yes. him to call? No, he did tails. that. He said, and this is cute. He said to me uh, after the game, he goes, "Well, Dad, I know you always called tails when you did the the coin toss, you know, because I I, I did the coin toss at the Super Bowl and I called tails." And so he said, "I'm gonna go, I'm going out there with them. all I have in my mind is that tails never fails. Tail never call tails." And then he said, "I realize that we're the home team. I didn't get to call the coin toss." <laughs> <laughs> and so and the and Michigan called. Uh, heads and tails won, and he told me, he "Goes, Dad, see, tails never fails." It's like, so it was kind of, it was kind of funny, but uh, yeah, that was yeah. kind of exciting. Thanks for picking I, up I on that, it was Charlie. Like, I, I thought it was like, hey, you know, the coach has a lot of confidence in him to go out there and uh, get that right, you know. So yeah, I thought that was kind of. He's cool. one of the smarter kids, you know. He can figure yeah. it out. I, I didn't know if he wanted fourteen because of Y.A. Tittle or not. But oh, that might be anyway. it. Yeah, I think basically at this point, I think 14 was just the number they gave him, and he said, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, have a great weekend. Thank you, Charlie. And uh, hopefully we get a win out of Sunday. Thank yep. you, Charlie. Absolutely. And by the way, I don't want the fans either to think that I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm killing Paul because Jeff and I say that to Paul all the time, that he is the ultimate mush here. The minute he, like, stresses something, it always comes back to bite him. It happens every week. It does. So yeah, that's just, just having fun with him, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's it's kind of funny because you kind of do want them to win one, you know, just going away, right? It would just kind of like put a yeah put a good taste in your mouth the, because it it would to me it would be the the uh, the cherry on top of the ice cream because you've won two in a row and then you go on the road. You're supposed to win a game. Well, go win it decisively. You know, go win it like you're supposed to. The way this team plays, though, Jeff, they don't play in a way that leads to big blowout wins. You know, they run it a lot. They don't throw it down the field a ton. They're not a super explosive offense. Their defense right. even is That's a, a bend, point. but no, but it, 
it's kind of yeah. a bend but don't break deal, right? Where the other teams will have the ball, they'll move it, but they're really good in the red zone. So I think it's unless again, and I, this is why I said this earlier in the show, right? If you're going to have a blowout or something like that, it's going to be because your defense is able to turn the Bengals over and create maybe a defensive score, give the Giants offense some really good field position. That's how the blowout comes. If, if the Bengals don't beat themselves and don't turn the ball over, I think it's going to be tough to, to win by, you know, two, three scores, however you want to do it, just because of the way the Giants play. You know what I'm saying? 100%. They don't have the big playmakers like some of these other teams do, and they put the points up. So, And their defense, uh, you know, all they can do is stop the other team from scoring a lot. Of, they do. They're good. They're, they're, yep. Giants defense is good. So, um, But you're right. I, I just don't feel like the way that this game can get out of hand is by turnovers, and like Charlie said. But um, I think the Giant coaching staff is is – finally figured out that, hey, you look at the way that Daniel Jones has played the last two games that they've won, and think about this. Think about the, what, they, what they've done with Daniel Jones getting the football out of his hand. Get the ball out of his hands quickly, right, to avoid those sack fumbles. That's what's one thing. The second thing is, is that I think Daniel Jones is finally realizing and understanding coverage. I think he's understanding um, live for another down. And in those things, you know, as much as you and I like to talk about how maybe it might just be like, how, how does a quarterback just not think that way? Well, Jason Garrett said it a few weeks ago where he's he, most quarterbacks want to make a play. That's in their DNA. It's, it's, it's up to the coaches staff to try to get them to understand that they don't have to. That's the tough thing. So that's the, that's the maturation that I'm talking about about Daniel Jones is just getting better and better every week. And that's what you got to do against Cincinnati this week is just continue that streak to go on and on. He's going to need it if this team wins the NFC East going into the playoff. They're going to play a, a, a formidable opponent, and they're cannot, and it's going to be a home game. Um, and I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but if the Giants ever do get there, this game will, that game will depend on how good Daniel Jones plays, bottom line. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. That's half a mil. Please gift responsibly. So, Jeff, um, I mentioned this previously, and I was going to put you on the spot, but then I wanted to get to the call, so I'll come back to it. As I mentioned, and I just retweeted this article out as well from Dan Salamone, how the Giants let their practice squad players of the week put jerseys on of Giants legends. If mm-hmm. Tom Coughlin said, for one practice, Feeks, you can put on any giant jersey you want, any number, any name, to honor someone that was with the team before, mm. who would it be? Wow. That's a good question. Now, it could be any number because I could just wear it. Like, I'm, if I'm going to wear 56 as the punter. I will let you right? do whatever you want. Okay. All right. Carte blanche. Wow. That's a really good question. Um, let me think about it for a couple minutes, and then I'll come back to you. Is that all right? That's fine. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of history. No, there's yeah. a lot of history, and I mean, and by the way, you aren't very good at remembering names. So, speaking, well, we know that that's documented. <laughs> and by the way, what else is documented is that uh, reading through the, you know, all the stuff that we do every week. If the Giants win this game this week, it will be the franchise's 700th win. That will give them the third highest wins in league history. You know who they are behind, John? I do Take not. A shot. Uh, 700. How many teams are ahead of him, you said? Two. Chicago's got to be one. That's correct. I'm trying to think of the team that has the longest history here. Well, not, there's a few of them, but not you know many. Yeah, I'm thinking. Might I mean, come from the same Cleveland's division. been around for a long time. 
Mike Coates same division, huh? Same division. Well, it's not Dallas. They haven't been around long. No, enough. same division. I'm going to give it away. Now. Oh, oh, same division as Pittsburgh. I, I was just going to say Cleveland. Is it Cleveland? No, no, it's same division as you said. You said the Bears. Oh, the Bears. I'm sorry. Oh, that's the uh, Packers. Have they been along that bit around that long? Oh yeah, they have been. That's huh? them. That's it. Okay. So it's the Bears and the Packers, and then the Giants. Bears, so Packers. Giants have 699 wins going into this game this weekend. It's a good nugget. There you go. Yeah, the one we thing, I, you know, I do all this work every year. I don't do a lot of the historical things going into some of these games, so I'm happy when other people do, sure. and, and they drop those. That's because I think it is interesting. That's a that's a good one, though. It is. You know, 700th win. Um, now, how many losses do they have? Do you know that? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. This time I got you. <laughs> Yeah, I had it. I had it up here earlier before. No, that's we okay. Came on. That's fine. I'm just happy. Um, yeah, I those are kind of some of those. Are the, um, I I don't know about this player. You know, I mean, I, I only I only know from growing up watching football because I'm gonna say this, and, and it's the truth. Because there's only one reason why it was my favorite team. Well, two reasons why. The Cowboys were my favorite team growing up. Okay, and there was two reasons why. Number one. I grew up in Arizona. We didn't have a football team. And the second, the reason why I liked the Cowboys is because I grew up a uh, Arizona State Sun Devils fan. And Danny White was the quarterback slash punter for ASU who went on to play for the Cowboys. Okay. And so that's how I became a Cowboy fan. So you were Danny, Danny White's number. So the only reason, no, the only reason I'm saying I know the Giants well because, you know, obviously they were in that division. Okay. And I used to watch him all the time, and Lawrence Taylor was the guy that I was just infatuated with because the guy was an amazing football player. Now, you could wear Carl Banks' number because he broke Danny White's wrist. Well, there, <laughs> there you go. Maybe I should do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it would be one of those two. You, <laughs> yeah. It would be one. I, I think it probably be, would be Lawrence Taylor because I, I, he is just the epitome of a football player, man. Is what there a, a kicker you would, you would want to wear? Someone that had had kicked for the Giants, like a like a Matt Barr or something like that. I would probably go with Ali Haji Sheik just oh, because okay. of the name, because I can pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how important that is, John. <laughs> and rare for that matter. Very rare, Ali Haji Sheik. <laughs> there you go. You know, it, it's it's funny, Jeff. You know, when when you take a look at the NFL right now, I really feel like at least right now, if you take a look at it, I think the AFC has probably emerged a little bit as a little bit of a better conference right now. You know, if I ask you who the best sure. teams in the NFL now, I mean, I think you say Steelers-Chiefs, right? Yeah. And if I ask you who do you think the best team in the NFC is right now, what's your answer? Nothing comes to mind like those two immediately, right? I, I don't – I mean, I think – yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, if I look at that AFC – or the NFC West – which is a really good division. They're all good teams, but nobody's like, you know, killing it. Um, look at the, I, no, I don't know. I, I really, I think those are the, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yep. AFC, definitely. You can throw the Ravens in there a little bit if you want. I mean, they're kind of down a little bit, but, and how about that? How about that game getting canceled yesterday? Oh boy. Well, hopefully it's just postponed, but now, you know. I hope it's and postponed. Again, and I, you know, by the way, I always talk, and I don't want to get on a soapbox here. But I always talk on the show about how the, the protocols here uh, are in the NFL in general are very stringent and they're very particular and they're put together the way they're put together for a reason because they work. 
And, you know, even though we've had some of those positive tests here with the Giants, we have not seen spread in the building. And for the teams that do follow these protocols properly, you do not see spread in the building. And lo and behold, based on the reports out there, Jeff, why did it spread in the Ravens building? Because they weren't following the rules. And it's just so important to stick to the rules here. And that's how you avoid things like Thursday night. Well, where I can only imagine how much money the NFL lost not having a primetime game on Thanksgiving. I mean, I can only imagine. That's right. And I can only imagine how the Ravens will probably get punished for that. If Again, if all these reports are true, I'm not verifying them or anything like that. But it just shows the importance of following these rules and following these protocols so we don't have situations like we had with Baltimore on Thursday night. There is one thing you do know. And that is Joe Judge. And Joe Judge is a rule follower. Oh, yeah. You're going to follow his rules, and you're going to follow them to the T. And so, and that goes along with the organization, too. So we both know that. And so it does not surprise me at all that the Giants are where they are today in their protocols and how things are working. And you also have a medical staff down there that's it's just probably tops in the league with Ronnie Barnes and his guys. So all hand, I mean, listen, that doesn't surprise me what's happening there. And by all means, good. Yeah, you, in the, in the, the COVID that has, has kind of entered the building has kind of, you've kind of buttoned it up a little bit, you know? So it hasn't, it hasn't got to, I, and I don't know this, and I don't think you do either, and maybe we shouldn't even talk about it, but I don't even know how many outside the football team people have had COVID with the Giants organization. We don't know, but. Well, no, I mean, obviously that's a, you know, there's, there isn't any reason to announce that. So that that's what I'm saying. So I don't situation. know those other organizations if people are bringing it in from outside, you know, because they're not following their protocols either. So. Well, I mean, I, I could say with confidence that, that no one in our department has yeah. come up with anything because everyone's been in the building. So That's right. I can say that with confidence at least. That's good. Yes. But you know from being there, um, and I only know from when I was there in August, that you that I couldn't go down s- certain hallways because it has yeah. the big tier. You know, you're only mm-hmm. around this, this, and this. And I'm sure that that's still the way it is down there. You don't go near any of those other areas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even in a as a tier three employee, which I am, I still can't get within six feet of a player or coach without this white, tracker that I walk around with emitting an extremely annoying and offensive loud beeping noise so yeah I mean this is like hardcore folks I mean like they don't mess around with this stuff the NFL I know people joke oh the NFL oh you know they're putting everyone's health at risk and all this stuff they're taking this extremely seriously I mean they can literally look up and know where I am in the building at all times wearing this thing around my neck and they know who I've been around I mean and it's fine look we're in extraordinary circumstances you know it is what it is it's fine but the NFL has done a lot and these teams have done a lot and invested a lot of time and money to keep everyone in the building as safe as humanly possible which is why again except for the teams that we find that have not followed the protocols the way they should. Yes, guys will sometimes pick stuff up from outside. And sometimes it's not even their fault. Maybe a family member goes out to the supermarket, they come back with it, they pass on. It could be anything. But the whole key to these protocols and how the NFL has set things up is so it doesn't, doesn't spread inside the building. And for the most part, that has worked. And the other thing that's really important, Jeff, and I think this is across at least, I retweeted an article about a few weeks ago, and I don't think it's changed since, there has been zero evidence of on spread field. on the field between players. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in soccer in Europe, it's been the same deal. So that's really important, you know, where you don't, you're not getting it moving from team to team, which, again, once you get guys isolated and you solve the issues in the building and stuff like that, 
that does make the actual games themselves a, a much safer environment. Well, real quickly, it, sure. it, it just goes like everything else. You know, if you follow protocols that are that are put out there because people that are that know about this more than you and I or recommend doing, then if you follow those protocols and everybody does it, then you're going to be a safer environment. Well, what's happened with the spike in the, in the world and everything going on in the United States is that there's people now that just aren't doing it. And that's why it's starting to pick up again. So with the NFL in mind that if everybody's doing those protocols and you know, the uh, evidently the teams that are having it kind of rapidly wrote, go through their, their facilities are not doing some things. I'm just guessing this is the case. Well, and again, we haven't seen it really go through multiple players in a facility much yet, except in for a, a couple of circumstances, right. you know? But the thing about it is, is that if everybody's being safe in the building, you got to think that everybody's going to be safe on the field. Yeah. So they've done a nice job. And I think that isn't it next week now that the heightened, um, you know, a little more, what is it, that the rules have been a little bit increased now. Is, are the guys yeah, on the sidelines going to be? They're going to have to wear their masks now. Any players sidelines? not in the game have to wear masks at all time. I gotcha. believe that is the okay. rule. Correct. There you go. So, well, listen. I, I think it's one day it'll be over. Well, Jeff, remember, like, there's <laughs> there aren't any bye weeks anymore, right? So I don't think it's, so. It's, no, there's one more this week. That's it. Okay. It's the last bye week in week thirteen. So then the league is going to have to figure out here, you know, if you have to cancel a game. And not postpone, I mean cancel, then what? You know, it does it come as a forfeit, and the game counts. But then the problem, we talked about this before, neither team gets paid if a game's forfeited, the players. that uh, So the team that doesn't have positive tests, you think they don't want to get paid for a week because the other team was sloppy? Of course not. That's one of the reasons the Steelers players have been vocal this week. Of course. But do you add then the week 18 at the end of the season? Is that what you do? Do you just count as a forfeit and have an uneven schedule yeah. for a couple of teams? Well, they got contingency plans. Well, and I'm this sure that is, they've lined them up. Yeah, but this is when it gets tough when you don't yeah. have the bye weeks left on the schedule to try to of reschedule course. these things. Yeah, and I know they've they've definitely have talked about this, and I, I'm guessing that, in my opinion, it's week 18. It's going to be the makeup week. If we got to go to week 18, the rest of the league, you know, gets a bye or something, or you know, what I'm saying, maybe there's three games that are played that weekend. I don't know. Um, now, that's above my pay scale to figure something out like that. Trust me. Oh, you weren't in charge of that? No, not. They, I, I told them that I just didn't have the time. I needed just to really <laughs> put all my time towards BBK and, and, and the pre and post. Game. I, I, I couldn't handle that. So, sorry, NFL. Well, I appreciate that, Jeff. You're, By the way, you, you can find Jeff Fiegels, um, if you don't have enough Jeff Fiegels in your life, you can find him on Sunday <laughs> on the pregame show on the radio on Sports Radio 66 WFAN and 101.9 FM WFAN starting at 1130. He's on the pregame with Detino, Meadow, and Cross. Then after the game, they will have the postgame show as well, wrapping up Giants and Bengals. Bob and Carl will have the call, of course. And then we're back with Big Blue Kickoff Live again next week. Remember, it is presented by the New York Lottery. New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games. Once again, head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. And a reminder, folks, because of the new protocols we were just discussing, Big Blue Kickoff Live will be heading back to the Schmelk basement next week. So we'll have a new phone number, uh, only one caller at a time, but we'll do the show as normal live at noon. We'll do the best we can um, as we move along here under these new rules and That's protocols. you and I, by the way. Um, yes. Monday oh. is you and I. So, so we, we will react we will, to Giants will, and Bengals. We will, we will, you know, wipe off the dust over there at the, at the basement at the Schmelk House and get this thing rolling on Monday. Absolutely. And reminder, folks, you can find all the shows in the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. 
on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platforms. For Jeff Beagles, I am John Schmelk. Thank you so much for being with us today on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday for Giants and Bengals. Stay safe, everybody.